Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Let me ask you a question. Would you invest in a company that has just lost $4 billion? And would you also invest in that company if they claim or predict that they may never make a profit? I know it sounds crazy, but this is actually a company. It's not fictitious. Uh, The company is called Uber. And they are planning the biggest IPO or initial public offering where they sell off shares to the public. And it's going to be the biggest uh, share offering since Alibaba. The company uh, lost uh, $4 billion in 2017 on revenues of $8 billion. Now imagine this. What is this company? They, they're, a, they're a software company that uh, provide rides all over the world. And, you know, they don't own any cars. They don't own massive office blocks. Yeah, they employ staff, but a lot of it's on on the software. So how they can lose four billion? Could you imagine if you've made eight billion revenue and then you've lost that, and then you've lost a further four billion? I mean, that's twelve billion you've spent in a year. What the hell do they spend it on? I don't see their advert- advertising on TV. Um, you know, it, it, it staggers me. And apparently, this company, based on the the private investment, is already worth something like seventy billion or valued at seventy billion. And the initial public offering may value it at between 90 and 100 billion. So, and, and particularly with the management saying, well, we may never make a profit because we're, we're always reinvesting. So why the hell would you put your money into that? Well, I wouldn't. And what, what you do with your money is up to you. I'm not your financial advisor, but I won't be pouring my money into that. Having said that, I've got it wrong in the past. You know, sometimes these companies may turn out to make fortunes. I mean, um, one of the reasons why people invest in these companies, why institutions invest in in these companies is future potential. Now, Uber said that they have only only 1% of the rides in the world are are through Uber, whereas you might think they're everywhere, but they're not yet. Um, Having said that, you know, other companies can come into the market. They've had regulatory problems in London, for instance. They were uh, had their license taken away and they appealed against that and got it back. Um, and, And they're a great company. You know, they're it, I, I use them all the time and I've used them abroad as well. And it's a great app and, you know, it's safer than, you know, the old mini cabs and, and this sort of thing. And you know who you, you, you got in the car. So I think they're great. They've brought down prices. But still, you know, to value them at 100 billion, to me, that's stretching things. Um, and the other reason I think people invest in these companies is it's not just their future potential, but also because I think there's so much money sloshing around in funds uh, you know, billions and trillions of pounds and dollars in uh, venture capital funds, um, hedge funds, pension funds, you know, they have to invest this money all the time and they're looking for new investments. So, I mean, other companies in the past that have been invested in that, you know, at the time you think, well, these companies have not really got assets. They're just sort of IT companies. But it comes like Google and Facebook where uh, people poured billions into them and you know they're making money obviously but twitter hasn't made any money as far as i know or they just started to make a small profit they've lost billions um instagram bought by facebook i think for nearly 19 billion um which seemed like an, an awful lot of money but 
you know, they, they, they will probably make money about it because they've got a formula for, for advertising. But, but other companies haven't made money for, uh, high, you know, these high tech investments. MySpace, I think, bought by Sky for millions. Uh, Friends Reunited, I mean, I think that was bought by ITV for millions. Obviously, the people who started it made a lot of money, but I don't think anybody else has. Uh, so th- there is this thing about future potential and potential earnings, but, you know, whether they'll make money or not, I don't know. Tesla's another one, at one point valued at, you know, higher than General Motors. I mean, you think of all the cars that are made by General Motors, the Vauxhalls, the Opals, and, you know, the, the millions of cars all over the world. Tesla comes along with an electric car, and the market or the investors, because of the money they poured into it and the money they paid for shares, have valued it higher than uh, at, at, at stock market value higher than uh, a company that's been around on a hundred years since almost the beginning of cars, General Motors, and Tesla is losing a lot of money. Now, obviously, we think of Tesla as the future car, you know, the future of the industry and that sort of thing, and it's, it's innovation and that and that kind of thing. That's probably why. So, if you come up with something innovative, something new, something that is is perhaps going to be big in the future, then maybe that's why they their, their valuations are so high. Um, now, on the stock market, again, I'm not your financial advisor, but to me, the stock market, I, I would say, is is overvalued and stock markets around the world because they've been going up on, on this, what you call, call a bull run. Uh, you know, you've got bull and bear markets. Bull runs are where they're going up and bear markets is where the market expects them to go down. And and this run is, if you look at the charts, it's been continuing since around 2009. So if you'd got into the market in 2009, even to an ordinary sort of index tracking fund, uh, you would have done pretty well. But whether you'll continue to do well if you get into the market now is another matter. Again, you've got to take your own financial advice. But to me, uh, putting money into a general fund like a unit trust or a mutual fund in America into to the stock market at the moment to me, it, it seems high risk to me. And if you know, if you if you get bank financial advisors coming in to see you and they're trying to sell you their unit trust or their their investment funds, I always ask them this question: Say, would would you lend me money to buy that? So I want to buy that that portfolio. I say I'll, I'll put in fifty thousand. I, I need you to to lend me forty thousand. I'll put ten in. You put forty, and we'll buy it. And the, They'll say, "What's the security?" Well, the security is the shares. You, you're selling me this fund, and and they'll they'll look puzzled. What do you mean? No, no, no we can't do that. No, it's not suitable security. Well, why isn't it suitable security? Well, it, it's too risky. So it's it's okay for me to take the risk and put my savings into this, but it's too risky for you to lend against it. And, and that that's a fact because these funds can go up and down, and you know if the market tumbles and and there's a big stock market correction, then it could take years to come back. So for me, there's been this bull run in the stock market and, and property, to be fair, over the last 10 years. And, you know, the old saying, what goes up must come down. So I, I wouldn't actually put money into, into the stock market at the moment. I, I would wait to see what happens. I would put money in, into cash and then look for investments. But stock market investment needs education. I, I would recommend you take courses. If you want to know about courses, drop me a line. Um, I wouldn't just go out and, you know, pick a stock in the in the Financial Times, I'll, I'll go for that one. Although they did a test a few years ago, but I think they got monkeys to pick stocks in the in the Wall Street journals and they, they tracked those stocks and they'd done just as well as as fund managers being paid, you know, millions of dollars. So I, I would be wary of these things, especially these funds where they have high charges which can eat into your investments. Now, getting back to, to loss-making businesses, generally they say that a physical business 
can take three to five years before you make a profit. And, and I found this, you know, in companies that I've started, it does take a long time because you're, you're spending all your money on running costs in the first years, on marketing, you're putting the money back into the business. And it takes a long time before you really start to see a good return where you can start taking out some decent money. Um, but there are investments, which I've made in the past, that make almost an instant profit, have low running costs, you don't need staff, and, and there's capital growth as well. And you can actually borrow money to start these businesses. Now, what is the business? Well, I'm back to property again. Um, you know, the banks will lend you money. They'll consider that a suitable security to lend money on. So, I mean, in the past, you know, you could borrow up to 85% before that's been a kind of a bit restricted now. But certainly you can get 75% of the value of a property. And, you know, the, 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 rent, the rent that you get from that property will actually pay the loan and give you an income on top. Now, this is this is certainly true for a single let, but it can also be even more so for a house in multiple occupation, a HMO, where you're splitting it into to rooms, and you can get quite high returns. Um, and and I, you know, it's and I think that those types of investments show much far, faster profit because you're not putting in a lot of money to get it going. Um, yeah, you might do a bit of refurbishment, a bit of redecoration, but you know, within a year or so, you'd even get that money back. Uh, and you've you've used other people's money. You've, you've used mostly bank money to buy it. So you're not risking all of your money in that property. And the bank would take a charge on that property as security. It's called a mortgage. And uh, so to me, if the banks think it's safe enough to, to lend on, then it's it's safe enough for me to put my money in, into it. And I've found over the years that uh, not every property I've invested has always gone up and made me a, a lot of money. But in general, it's been the best investment in terms of Apart from my business, of course, but then the business is a full-on thing. But to to, to invest your savings, uh, property has been the best thing for me. And you know, many millionaires and multimillionaires and billionaires, when they've made their money, they'll they'll put that money into property. Lord Sugar is is one that comes to mind. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger invests in property. Many many uh, you know big names invest in property if they're wise with their money. And I talk about this in my book, Yes, Money Can Buy Your Happiness, which is should be coming out in uh, May and I will be uh, offering my, my listeners a special offer on that on, on the on the pre-launch so look out for that yes money can buy you happiness now I said that the stock market has been over heating over has, has been going on a, a, a continuous upward trend for the last 10 years but so has property and there was a report out recently uh, I think it was the IMF International Monetary Fund or one of those organizations that you know nobody knows exactly what they do but they said that the property market in China and America could overheat and that could could affect property prices in, in other countries because the whole market's kind of linked now where, you know, where the market seems to be going up together and uh, it, it could go down together at the same time. They're, they're kind of interlinked more than ever. So just watch out for that. Uh, having said that, property in, investment is a long-term investment. Uh, so I, I wouldn't worry about the odd dip here and there. But uh, just just be careful at the moment. I think I, I wouldn't buy any property unless I'm getting it at uh, a, a good discount, um, because you know the money you, on a property is made at the time, not not in twenty years' time. You, you've got to get the property at the right price to, um, to, to, to I feel to, to make what I would call a, a, a profit uh, on on the capital value. Now I want to give you a, a couple of very quick fire money tips here. And uh, the first thing is, 
is to always ask for a discount. In business, ask for a discount. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get a discount on buying, uh, you know, a local paper down at the local newsagents. Um, but, you know, you can get discounts. And if you can't get discounts just by asking for them, there are ways of getting discount. You can register online for lots of restaurants where you'll get a discount when you go in there. So start thinking about discounts uh, and, and getting things cheaper than everybody else pays for them. You know, you can register with a lot of the coffee stores, uh, coffee shops and and get uh, discounts on on your coffee and your lattes and this sort of thing by by registering or using certain cups or using the app on phones. And so I, I would think about getting discounts and asking for discounts. This is where, you know, if you're buying a, a large item like a house or, or a car, always ask for a discount. Always say, well, what's the best price you can do? Well, that seems a lot of money. Can't you do any better? Just ask simple questions like that. Or can you do me a better price than that? You don't have to be a uh, a jerk about it. You don't have to be aggressive and nasty. You you can ask for discounts in a nice way and get them. Sometimes just asking for a discount, they'll give you ten percent off straight away. Uh, I've often found that in hotels, for instance, they will. You know, can you do can you do that price any cheaper? Can you do the room rate any cheaper? And often they say, well, we can give you a ten percent discount, or we can upgrade you for free. Um, it's it's amazing how many times you can get discounts. If you can't get the discounts by asking for things, as I said. Register so that you can get the discounts and the special offers by, by registering online. A lot of people specialise in this. It used to be that you'd have to collect coupons and that sort of thing in newspapers, which you know many of my you know multimillionaire clients have done. They, I've seen them collect little coupons and go and get fifty pence discount on on a food item. You don't have to you, you know you can do that still, but there's online equivalents of coupons as well. So I I would say uh, that's that's my first tip is to uh, think about discounts. And the other thing is, is to be thrifty, especially in business. Now, I think we were just talking about how a company can spend 12 billion when it's a software company, how they can spend 12 billion in a year and lose 4 billion on sales of 8 billion. Okay, maybe it's in the expansion period. But to me, thinking about this, I, I think when a company gets a lot of venture capital in, they, they 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 look for ways of spending it when they're starting out and it's just you know a few people in an office they won't waste money you know they won't waste money on um you know a lot of staff and fancy cars and uh you know expensive offices in in the middle of town you know they will look to save money as much as possible especially in the startup phase and you know as you go on and make revenue then you you will start spending more money and drawing more money out as salaries but I think if, as with, with Uber and, and many of these companies, they've got venture capitalists who've put in tens of millions and even billions into the company, then suddenly they've got to spend all this money. You know, they can't say, well, we, we need 10 billion and then, you know, and then, then say, well, we're not going to spend it. We're just going to leave it in the bank. So I, I think there's a tendency for, for these CEOs to, to start spending money. Maybe they do more advertising. Maybe they expand very fast. Uh, maybe they go into new countries very quickly. But certainly they manage to spend 12 billion in a year. And my advice to any business is to, to be thrifty. And again, you know, most of the the millionaires and multimillionaires I know are are very thrifty. Now they're not mean to the extent that they won't, you know, take their family out and take their family on holiday or, you know, they'll go on holiday uh, to, to a caravan. But they they they're very generous, in fact, with their family. They're very generous with their friends, they're very generous in giving to charities, but they're they're thrifty. I, I've seen the son of a billionaire uh, in a shop 
and and he'd bought us some uh, he'd bought us some drinks. It was a kind of a wine bar wine shop, and then he ordered a few bottles of wine and for everybody. He said, "Here's a bottle. Here's a bottle for you." And and then the guy gave him a price. He said, "What about my discount?" Because th- this guy was a very large retailer, and you know everybody was kind of linked with him and doing business with him. And he said, "What about my discount?" And then the guy gave him a discount. Now, the discount. You know, it couldn't have been more than five or ten pounds, but he still asked for it, and and that was from a billionaire family, uh, one of the richest families in in Asia, in fact. So, don't don't be shy about this. Don't think, well, being thrifty, you don't have to be ashamed about this. Uh, um, I, I think you should just go for it and be thrifty. Ask for discounts, but be careful. You know, you've got to be um, wise with your money. You know, the the old saying. Uh, you know, if if you look after the pennies, the pounds will look after themselves, and that's that that's still true today as it always has been. And I talk about this in my book. I talk about running things on a on a tight ship and and watching where your money's going, watching what's coming in, watching what's going out, uh, which a lot of people don't know have a clue about. But also just being thrifty and and careful. Thrifty doesn't mean you're mean. It means you're you're just careful about your money. You're careful how you spend it. Because it takes a lot to earn money, why just blow it so quickly and so easily? So all of the wealthy people and successful people I know, all of them are careful with their money. Because if they weren't careful with their money, they'd soon be losing it. Um, so th- those are my two tips, just sort of quick five tips. Be thrifty and always ask for discounts. So thanks very much for listening. I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 